0: Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Sour and Sass. I am very excited to be joined today by the VP of Marketing of Seamless AI, Jonathan Pogat. Welcome to the show, Jonathan.
1: Hey, what's up, Garrett? (sighs) Excited to be here. You just outclassed me today. I have a jacket over there. I could grab it if it... (laughs) You always keep the the jacket on standby. Yeah, no, you have
0: to, right? You never know when you need to look smart. It's a a pretty (laughs) cool...
1: Oh man, my it. grandfather would always say, "I look smarter than I look," and I don't know if I should uh, <laughs> repeated that.
0: <laughs> no, no, man. Well, it is sour and sassy. So we're gonna try something new. We're gonna start with sour candy, and then we're gonna get started. You ready?
1: All right, let's go. Um, funny story. My nine-year-old, I think, ate that, so I have some toxic waste. Is this fair?
0: Yeah, oh yeah, you're good. That's it. Mine have been out. I did not cover them, and the stale's all get out. Mm. Great. Okay. Hmm. so let's start with a heavy hitter no i'm just kidding what marvel oh yeah it gets worse um why no content in the menu you've got such a streamlined menu at seamless mm. now, what was your logic and thought process behind really creating a transactional funnel in my opinion what, what was kind of your thought as vp of marketing what, what are you trying to accomplish there
1: I think it's part of the evolution of, of just our company, right? And yeah. what, what we do for our content strategy today is take a pl- complete surround sound approach to where people can find us and how people can find us. So we are very heavy on LinkedIn. Uh, we take a founder-led approach to our LinkedIn strategy. You'll see Brandon Anson on there multiple times per day throughout the week, uh, making the most of that platform. Uh, we help support, of course, through our seamless content. We create courses that are accessible through our platform and through YouTube. We have three number one bestseller Amazon books where people can discover us sometimes for the first time via Amazon where we're selling, which sounds crazy to me every time I hear it. We sell hundreds of books per day and a majority of them are through organic sales on Amazon. And uh, we just kind of give, give all across social media. So by the time somebody finds us, really what we want to do is have them ready to, to have a conversation. So I've, I've played, I've done both sides, right? I've managed websites. Yeah. And when I worked on the agency side of things, we'd always encourage all the content to live right on the website to create one robust mm-hmm. experience. We're trying to blanket the market in terms of how and where people can find us so that by the time they get there, they're informed, they're ready. And uh, we can have a conversation with them about how we can help them drive more sales.
0: I love that. And I think, I think it's a very evolved approach. I think I'm trying to do something similar, right? Like this show and all this stuff, a lot of it lives live. It's very much about distribution. And I think that's a lot of what you're saying is that LinkedIn has better distribution than your blog, right? Like YouTube probably has better distribution. Amazon has better distribution. It seems like you're optimizing your content strategy to distribution over, let's say, organic distribution. Because you're right, SEO is still distribution, I guess. I haven't seen... I like your approach. I haven't seen a lot of people take it. Why, why do you think more marketers are afraid to go against the grain? Like, what do you think that – because it, it's almost like this groupthink mentality because it's not like it's actually working for most people. Yep. They just do it because they're supposed to. So like walk me through maybe a little bit of your mentality around not doing things just because you're supposed to. <laughs>
1: I think that's a great question. And we have a podcast too, by the way. So that's another distribution channel, right? Yeah. I think where a lot of marketers get really stuck is that they're trying to measure everything. They're trying to measure everything down to an MQL, right? Like where, where oh, did Jonathan yeah. come from?
0: Yeah. Right. And doing? if that like doesn't this.
1: show up on a report, then it's going to be very hard for them to justify to their C-suite, their CEO and their board, right? Whoever, whoever the stakeholders are. I gave you a dollar. How much money did I make? And you're like, I don't know if yeah. it was a dollar. Like where'd the dollar come from? So I think a lot of it starts honestly with the leadership right and and the mentality and uh, having a team that's bought into marketing. I think you have to be sold on marketing first to be yeah. you know ultimately get sold on sales and where uh, customers are coming from because the podcast, who came from the podcast? It's not showing up on my dashboard, yeah, good right? Luck,
0: right? Good luck on trying to do um, podcast attribution
1: right who, now. Who bought a book from Amazon? Good luck trying to get any data from Amazon. Yeah, connecting the dots between yeah. Amazon
0: book sales and demo requests, right? Like good luck.
1: You, you don't, <laughs> but where, where that does show up though is it shows up in very personal emails to our team, to our CEO, shows up in the in-mail box, right? We, we get in emails probably about 75 to 150 emails per day to Brandon's inbox alone from customers, from prospects, people that aren't customers, right? But that are in sales saying like, wow, I read your book and it was so insightful. I got so much information out of it that uh, it helped turn around my pipeline after a few months. That's where it shows up, right? Shows up in CS, in our team, in our email and retention rates. It just doesn't show up as a one-to-one attribution, but we know it's impactful because we see it, we hear it, and um, we're gonna keep doing it. So John,
0: conversely, play devil's advocate just for a millisecond because i actually totally do agree with you Mm -hmm. if you're not doing things that you can directly attribute to roi which you're not for most part like i do see your strategy and you're not how do you get approval is that just like and let's assume you don't have a ceo with a massive linkedin following who Mm -hmm. happens to help marketing out by writing books or doing live shows in this case or whatever that is right like i think you're talking to a guy as ceo is totally bought into marketing yeah. I've found that most of my customers, that is not the case. So if someone's listening to the show right now, they're like, "Yeah, Jonathan, this is great. Your CEO though does LinkedIn every day and has like two billion followers, so of course it works. What about right. me? Where you know my CEO isn't really into marketing, and I like how do how does someone make a business case for non-attributable concepts that will grow revenue
1: in your mind?" Yeah, I think you have to start building the business case, and you do have to tie it to a goal in some way or another, right? And, yeah. and even though it's not going to be directly attributable, the, the goal behind it could be, hey, I have a, a great strategy for uh, landing and expanding accounts, right? We're going to create this new podcast where we interview the, the DMs from our, our best customers, and we're going to get them even more bought in at my company. Yep. That's just one idea, right? And you can spin off a podcast, right, that, and have it deeply rooted into a goal, right? And that goal could be retention or churn mitigation or well, something like that. we're look at that the eventually. trailing
0: 12 months of demos. And what, after we publish the Amazon book, we're going to see if demos go up. And once again, try to tie that back, let's say, to demos or whatever that is. And there's sure. ways to attribute it, even if it's not like what was the value of the podcast directly or what was the value of the Amazon book one-to-one we can still use blanket KPIs and then measure them against historicals, right?
1: A 100%, a 100%, right? And those things can also become sales enablement tools for your sales team to go to market to help increase uh, pipeline, right? To help shorten sales cycles, to help get more business from your competitors, it all works, right? So like, yeah. we're, we're not doing all this stuff because it feels good. We're doing all this stuff because we know at the end of the day, right? It's going to help our sales team close more deals. It's going to help retain more customers. It's going to help bring net new people to, to to seamless, right? And, you know, we wouldn't be doing all this stuff if it wasn't driving more users, driving more demos, uh, you know, yes. helping out with uh, sales enablement and with our CS team, you know, with retention. I love that.
0: No, 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 I'm right there with you.
1: Now, you have another thing I've never seen before.
0: Now, first off, are you ready? Oh, boy. Let's go. I already have it lined up. Oh, I can barely even bite these off. They're so stale. (laughs) um, So you have, like, the worlds. I think this is actually in Guinness somewhere. Longest demo page. So can you walk me through? It obviously works, but... It, like, totally reminds me of, like, a ClickFunnels, like, Mm -hmm. landing page that I would see if I was, if, like, you were selling diet pills, but you're selling, like, sales software and it's working. So walk me through why, once again, you kind of zig while everybody else is zagging and what you're doing on the demo page.
1: Yeah, to start off, you're right. The second one is worse, which is weird. (laughs) Usually the second anything is a little bit better than the first, but um, in this case, it's not. So the demo page, um, so what we're trying to do there is cater to as many personas as we can or or actually conversion-based actions. Many blocks, right? I'm not ready because of this. I'm not ready because of that.
0: Exactly. I'm I'm not quite convinced because I haven't heard about this yet.
1: Yep. If if you're one of those people that are just ready, you want to get to the demo, don't show me any BS, right? I just want to get to it. We've got that, but we also overwhelm with social proof as well. For somebody who wants to do a little bit more research, maybe not quite ready, we do give them the opportunity to check out our case studies, right? Which we call President's Club. Anybody that's sold six or seven figures with Seamless, you know, we'll interview them, get more content by the way. And then we'll, uh, you know, use that on our sales pages. But uh, we include all of our social proof, anything that anybody would need in order to make a better decision when it comes to Seamless, it's there. So you don't want to scroll? Great, don't. Just book a demo like you normally would, right? Like a normal like your everyday SaaS company would do, right? Your form on the right, your copy on the left. But if you're not quite ready yet, you know, we give you the opportunity to shop us while you're still on the page.
0: Now, I don't think you're in risk of other people just copying here because I do think it's that innovative and it's that disruptive to like what people think is quote unquote good branding. Yet nothing that matters if it makes you money or more money. Have you tested it? Like how did you land on this spot? I guess is what I'm curious about, like, how did you get to this type of landing page or did it, was that initial concept or like, what was the evolution that got you here? Cause I think that's as equally of an interesting story for the book of demo. Yeah, exactly. Cause I'm just yeah, like, well, curious, like how you got there. Like, did you just, was that like a raw idea one time or did you evolve
1: to it or how that happen? It's an evolution with everything, right? Yeah. At first you start off with what everybody else is doing, which is a, a form <laughs> yeah. You know, what? it's unfortunately that's where a lot of, yeah, that's where you start off and you should actually, right? Like what's yeah. working for another company that you think that you can borrow ideas from, Yep. right? Um, and, and with average actions, you you typically will end up with average results, which might get you off to the races. Yep. Right. Uh, but then you're always looking to beat yourself. You're always looking, then you're looking to be, you know, uh, the, the rule or the exception, yeah. not the rule, I think. Right. Yeah. And um, that's where you start to innovate a little bit more. Right. We obviously learn a lot yeah. from other companies out there. We learn a lot from other industries as well, which has always been in my back pocket, especially having an agency background. Like when I worked in yeah, EDU, yeah. we learned a lot from healthcare. When I, you know, yeah. when I worked with technology companies, I learned a lot from, uh, these more entrepreneurial startup companies, which were a little bit scrappier, that had a little bit more mm-hmm. innovation because they could they could afford the risk. Yeah, yeah exactly. and that's kind of where we play. We're, we're trying to play in is like what's best in class, and then what's plus one. Yep. What can we do to help yep. plus one that, right? And what that. can we do to help plus one ourselves? Because um, you know, as a fast growing company, I'm sure a lot of your audience could appreciate this. We can't afford to keep doing the same thing over and over again. Like we have to continue to grow, right? If yeah. we're serving a massive cha- a massive need in the market, um, yep. scale is really the only option.
0: No, I love where your head's at there. And you mentioned the President's Club and that was a note I had in preparation for this. The President's Club's dope. Like tell me what your idea there is, like what you're trying to do. Because I love any type of like customer marketing that then goes back into acquisition. So I think if you can go like full flywheel effect, right? Of like, Expanding the client, growing the account, increasing your attention, but then also using that information to acquire more accounts and then repeat that process It's a very cool like flywheel you have there. Um, tell me more about what you're trying to do with it and kind of how why you came up with this and, and a little bit more about the Presidents Club.
1: Yeah, I mean I think you nailed it. It's a flywheel, right? But but it um, it does it, it works amazing. So anybody that's in sales knows what president's club is, right? It might, they might be oh, working yeah. for a company that has their own president's club. And it is always going to be tied back to how many, how much sales have you generated as an AE, as a sales team, as an individual last year, whatever it may be, right? And uh, we came up with the idea to help celebrate the sales contributors and teams and leaders that are using Seamless, right? Because that's what we're there yeah. for. We're, we're there to help people make more money in their sales, yeah. right? By getting them amazing data and coverage. So... Uh, created President's Club to A, celebrate our cl- our clients, but also create that flywheel, right? Yeah. So um, we do a pretty cool thing for our winners. If you sold six, seven, eight figures with Seamless, using Seamless, we'll interview you. We'll get content out of it. We'll do an interview just like this. We send them a huge award, which you probably yeah, have seen, right? And you know, they put it on their wall because it's awesome. They celebrate it yeah. on social media, gets the word out there again. Um, and it just it's a flywheel. Like you mentioned, it helps, uh, helps with retention, helps celebrate our best customers too, which is really the intention behind it. And of course, social proof is going to breed, you know, um, uh, attraction to the platform. Yeah, no, I completely agree.
0: Now, another thing you've done that I think is different is most people still have written case studies and you've gone all in on video, it looks like. So in your mind, Because I do find like case studies, I totally agree with video, but it's hard in my mind because case studies are such like a distributed asset off of your website. Like they're very much like people sharing PDFs to some like person who they have to get approval from and that it makes it look like they covered their butt. And so they like checked out this case study that Susan sent them and you know, Jill felt good signing off because of it. You know what I mean? Like I feel like it's very much like this kind of like risk averse like asset that people use internally to buy things. Like look, they, they worked with these people. Look, it's a case study. I, I did my research. I'm not a bad chooser of technology. Yeah, like I feel like that's a big part of it. Do you get less of that with video? Do you get more of that? Like how, how does video fit in that like kind of ironic and comical, but also real reality, you know?
1: I think we're talking about social proof, right? I think social yeah. proof wins at the end of the day, but it's interesting that you bring up case study, right? Like we actually don't call these case studies for us, even though they are at the end of the day if you think about it, right? Case study is what is the company that uh, what does the company say about the work that they've done for other customers in their words. Yeah. And there's a there, there's a certain degree of authenticity when it comes to that. Basically what it means is you got approval from that company to use their logo and the words that you put together to build out why they keep paying you money? And and, and maybe you got a fifteen percent discount for that too. Maybe you got a little discount, right? Or <laughs> yeah, you, you probably just you proved it, right? It's needed, like right. We 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 need to know as buyers. I'm a buyer of technology and services. Like I need to know that the the risk. Boy, there's some stuff in the middle too. Oh yeah, it doesn't stop, man. We we need to have some comfort <laughs> in that our investment is worthwhile, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that it's worked for other companies that look like us, right? I, of course, I want to know, like, hey, Garrett, like, your agency work with other really fast-growing SaaS companies, right? And if you're like, well, we have one, probably not going to have another call with you. But if it's like, yeah, of course, look at my track record, I'm going to go, About all right, well, that's Yeah. Well, that's interesting, right? Now. Yeah. Well, uh, tell me a little bit more. So it's a little bit outside of the box in terms of the traditional case study because they are saying it for themselves on behalf of themselves. And we turn that into sales enablement too, in the written word, right? And some PDFs. But we're using video first. We're using the authenticity first. We're not giving these winners a script at all. They're they're oh, off the right. cuff. We're going, hey, yeah. how did you how did you earn six figures, seven figures, eight figures with seamless? And then they go.
0: And that's when you get the real raw like, sound bites too for the product and like yeah. the things. And I think from a research standpoint for you, right, you can take that information, bring it back into the copy of the landing pages and do your content to really get people from apathy to action with the words of your customers. And I think that's really cool. Now, we talked about distribution earlier. You didn't mention a very important channel of distribution that I'm actually curious about, which is your Chrome extension. Mm. How effective is our chrome extensions for new business acquisition not just as like a product feature for existing customers
1: boy that's a good question i mean our chrome extension is where the magic happens right so that's like
0: one of your competitors did a pretty decent job growing their business and data with a uh, extension so i'm well, very curious
1: if you have a service that works anywhere via chrome extension you have to go all in on that right? It's how we browse these days, right? Like it's not a, it's not an anomaly to have it's users. It's not a nice to
0: have anymore in your mind. If you're a, if you're not, if you're a browser, like if the job to be done using your software is done in a browser, you need a Chrome extension in, in your opinion.
1: You have to have it. Plain
0: yes. I love to hear that. Well, what does it do for you? Why, why do you need to have it? What, what in your mind as a marketer, I know what it does as a product user, but maybe give me that whole like thing of why Chrome extensions are so
1: critical. Well, it's the experience and it's the workflow and it's the time savings, right? So you always have to think about things in the lens of your customers and what they can do with that Chrome extension to make their lives easier, move faster, build pipeline faster, find contacts faster, right? Like we don't always want to log into a a separate platform to do the things that we want to do. Chrome extension is with me everywhere I go. So it's really about the user experience and the results that users can get, customers can get by using that. So... If you have the opportunity to build a chrome extension or if you haven't put much weight into the chrome extension i would go all in on it because that's how we're using that's how we're browsing the web these days now
0: is that just because your industry and your vertical and your persona expects it like to play i guess conversely Hmm. right because data nice i remember back in the day data nice i feel like kind of started this like data nice had the chrome extension right yeah and then you started to see reach out, and then you started to see seamless. You started to see all the different Chrome extensions, outreach.io's extension, right? Like all the players who service sales, Chrome extension is like a huge part. Now, if you just go over like two inches to the left, HubSpot, what's their extension like? I don't really, what's Ahrefs extension like? What's SM Rush? What's, so like, in other words, you and I as marketers, we don't really use Chrome extensions yet salespeople live and die on them. So do you think it has something to do with the sales industry as well? or kind of what's your take on that?
1: I think if, uh, if you really think about it, it's what can you do? What would this look like if it were easier? And if a Chrome extension is the answer to that, then that's what that's you do. Yeah, it's yeah. like
0: keep it simple, right? Like, is there a better way of doing this?
1: <laughs> yep, that's it. I think that's plain and simple. You know, What would this look like if it were easy? Is there a better way of doing this? And if a Chrome right. extension is the answer, you do it. Like I use built with on every website I go to because it's just okay. so easy same like, you just hit the I button have price. Like,
0: too, right i still have those like i have detailed which is like an seo chrome extension is like a better version of the moz bar in my mind but it's the same yeah. like idea right and so some people like i used to use that moz chrome extension forever i don't know if you remember that one i do but that's that was how like i would get their domain rating or their page authority or something yeah um now pricing it's not in the menu it yep. is in the footer why like why why not in the menu i imagine if you throw that thing in the menu it's going to be like your most trafficked page so kind of what's your concept of the buyer journey and kind of not having it apparently start with price or making price something you have to seek out
1: yeah i know that's a big topic the the reason is because not not everybody fits into a package right if you think about um companies that are 11 to 50 compared to companies that are 500 plus, like the need, the data needs and the workflow needs are just going to be so vastly different across them that there's no way to put that into a bucket when it comes to data these days, right? An enterprise salesperson, AE, enterprise AE, compared to a high transaction SaaS AE, very different data needs, very different workflow needs, de- very different yeah, integration right. needs. And and because of that, it really does require you know, some sales intervention there or some consultative uh, um, conversations around like, what's really the best thing for you? And fortunately, we're the size that we can do that for our customers. Like we don't have to force you into the three packages or the four packages, right? Like, which virtually everybody does, Salesforce, Slack, other other data providers as well. But um, we can still be flexible and work with you in terms of like, what's going to fit your needs and what's the best option for you. Data is a moving Which target. Sales is a moving works, target.
0: Works well selling into sales though too, I'm sure, where they're going to want to negotiate and they're going to want to talk about it. And there's a whole game when you're selling salespeople, right?
1: Sales, Salespeople want to win the sale. <laughs> so,
0: and as long as you win too, everybody won, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's also part of it, right? It's like we want to yeah. we want to do what's right for our customers at the end of the day because we want to hold on to them and do right by them for a very long time.
0: No, I love that. Now part of this that not a lot of people talk about, but I think it's super interesting. There's not a lot of content on this Amazon. So mm-hmm. you wrote three books, right? I think it's three books as a, like the CEO contributed on Amazon. Yep. Yeah. On Amazon. Well, how, if other marketers are hearing that and they're like, well, Amazon is a massive search engine. Mm-hmm. It's hugely important in the educational informational stage of the buyer journey. Yeah. Um, if you want to sell upstream, I've found C-level executives are more likely to read a book than a blog post. Yep. They can bring it on their travel with them. There's just a lot of pieces to that. Uh, how can other marketers go about learning from your Amazon strategy and, and what, what goes into a good Amazon book? Can we self-publish it? Do we need to go through a publishing house? Like, what What's that experience like? What? How can you give us a little bit more information around how we can leverage Amazon to maybe write a book for our industry and then... Generate awareness.
1: Yeah. Well, first you have to think about like, do you have something to say that's unique or do your customers have something to say that you can leverage to turn into content that would be valuable to the market, right? Whoever your persona is or who you're selling into. Uh, Chances are it's a yes, right? Because you have a company. That sells services, and they probably sell services for a very good reason because they're solving a challenge and a problem in the market. So think about what that looks like first. Uh, The other thing is, you don't need a big publisher. I don't even think you want a really big publisher, to be honest, right? Uh, There are Uh, so many resources out there when it comes to self-publishing, just Google it up. You can find somebody to help you write the book if you need it. Uh, We wrote it ourselves. We didn't use an outsourced ghostwriter or anything like that, but there are resources like that. You can find editors out there that can help you with editing, um, you know, design work for the cover, use any designer of your choice, really. Um, Amazon will give you the playbook in terms of what that should look like. And uh, it is SEO, a lot of it is SEO, right? So think about what you're trying to solve, the content that you're trying to create and who it's for, uh, because yeah. that, Amazon's its own animal when it comes to SEO optimization. It's its own animal when it comes to paid media. But to your point, um, you know, we, we started off with the physical book and then we went, all right, well, let's release an ebook. And the hypothesis or the, the, the guess was like, hey, we're probably gonna sell a lot more of these ebooks because it's cheaper and it's not true at all. We sell more of the hardbound books you know, more of the, uh, physical, the tactile experience, there we
0: go. I like that. People
1: are fighting back. They're, um, (laughs) they're buying more of the physical book than the ebook. So there's a lot to be said about that. Um, but I would recommend it if you can. I know a lot of people are gonna be like, well, my CEO, it's not like that rather stays behind the scenes. I've heard all of that too. And it's your job to get that information out of whoever that is, right. It doesn't so have to be
0: interviews or however you can get that subject matter expertise. Now the are do you see yourselves writing more books? Like, i I'm guessing now the point is not the revenue from the book sales. I would imagine at
1: nope, this point, it's not. So,
0: you know, do you see that as a strategy where you can take the, let's say jobs to be done of your persona through your products use case, and then just keep repeating that playbook. Do you think that's scalable to a certain extent?
1: It's scalable, right? Like, if you just think about your, your ideal client, your persona that you're targeting, whatever it is. What are the challenges that they face every day? What, what do they need in order to be successful? Like, what tools do they need? Whether it's mindset, whether it's strategy, whether it's execution, like, think about all of those things as it comes to your, as it pertains to your content, because you can probably help them out in all of those areas.
0: Yep, I love that. Now, last one, are you ready? My mouth Ooh. is almost destroyed. All right, I'm going to go for the blue one. Hopefully it's okay. familiar than the mm-hmm. green. Now, oh man. I wasn't able to easily find it, so it's probably on me. But after the more we've been talking this interview, the more I'm going to learn about Seamless, the more community becomes such a critical part of the strategy if I'm sitting in your seat. So, you know, for Directive, we've launched Society to free community for SaaS marketers, got over a thousand members. It's been really, really great for us. High correlation to demos and even closed one. It's a big part of, you know, what we want to do here. You have a very similar actual marketing strategy to myself and how we view the world, I think. Mm-hmm. So where are you with community and kind of how does that fit? What are you doing today? What do you want to do? Because I, I do see that as a huge piece for you. I'm very curious.
1: It's a big opportunity and it'll continue to be a big opportunity. It's like, how do you mobilize all, not only just like, your customers and your users, but all of your fans out there. Well, right? yeah, you got sales right.
0: hacker in your space, right? They literally are required for the community use case. You've got yep. like a serious craving, I feel like on LinkedIn for community. That's why your mm-hmm. CEO does so well. Sales is massive on LinkedIn, right? I got some X guys here who are salespeople that have massive followings yep. uh, on on LinkedIn. So yeah, like for you, how do you want to execute? Do you want to be a Slack group? Do you want it to be more private content? Like what, what does that look like in your mind?
1: Yeah, we started that out about six, eight months ago or so with a private Facebook group called President's Club. Private, we invite them, we invite all our users and customers to President's Club directly um, as an opportunity for them to foster community within the sales community. And we get questions and answers, uh, direct access to myself, Brandon, anybody on our team as well, if we can help them out with the platform, but it's mostly for them to talk about how to win in sales. Um, yep. How that evolves, uh, there's obvious opportunities out there. Um, you know, with Slack groups, I'm a big fan of of some of the Slack groups that are out there, like uh, like Rev Genius. I'm a big fan of them. Sales Hacker as yep. well. We engage with all of those groups. We're part of all those groups. Um, LinkedIn just came out with their beta for product groups, which I think is okay. super interesting. That we're you know testing out uh, while they're in yep. beta to see if it's viable. I've not been a big fan of LinkedIn groups, but Yeah, those
0: kind of stunk, but they have such mm -hmm. good distribution right now on their channel for creators that if that could get you some, like being a first mover, if that could get you an advantage, I think it's totally worth exploring, right?
1: Absolutely. So we're always looking at testing things. Yeah,
0: when LinkedIn launches new features, I found that they juice them. You know what I mean? Like they really juice those features. Like if it's going live on LinkedIn, they're going to juice it. If it's the new product group, they're going to juice it. So I love where your head's at, man. That's really smart. Now, in closing, uh, can you maybe give anyone who um, is listening just a quick uh, elevator pitch on how Seamless is different than the other kind of data providers, and then we can wrap up?
1: Yep. So Seamless helps any sales contributor, leader, AE, rep, SDR, marketer, entrepreneur, founder, you name it, uh, find their total adjustable market through our real-time search engine, uh, Seamless AI for B2B leads, any email, mobile, or direct number or Sales Insight, you can find it in Seamless. So why we're different, uh, we, we pride ourselves on a real-time uh, technology uh, search engine for B2B contacts. So not a database that updates every month or every quarter, real-time every day. Sales is a moving target. People are working from home, changing jobs, especially in sales. So uh, that's why you know we, we kind of lean in on the search engine aspect of our business.
0: I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, Jonathan. Uh, if anyone wants to follow along with your journey, uh, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: LinkedIn. There you go. You got it right there. LinkedIn, Jonathan Pogat. Awesome. You can hit me up on Twitter awesome. too, Jay Pogat. Hell yeah.
0: Well, hey, thank you so much for being on the show, Jonathan. And that's another episode of Sour and Sass. Uh, thanks, everybody. Okay.